Dying for Media. Just a little note to let you know that we will be talking about death in this series, and some names and information have been changed. Talking about death is never comfortable, but our goal is to make it less scary. So maybe give it a try and listen with care. Hi, Pegs. Hi, Nikki. Hi. I, uh... I'm really excited for this episode today to the point where like, I can't believe I've kept some of this a secret from you because I kind of tell you everything. Oh, no. (laughs) So today, this entire episode really is about the listeners, like the people that gravitate toward the show, that love you, that love you, what we talk about, (laughs) love looking death right in the face and having the uncomfortable conversations. But we're just... I'm so incredibly overwhelmed and grateful to all the people that reach out to us. Isn't it just it's magical? amazing? Yeah. And you know, social media gets kind of a crappy rap, right? It does. It gets, it, it can does. be messy and it can be really dangerous out there. But I have to say with this podcast, it has been nothing but beautiful, beautiful yeah. messages, waking up in the morning and hearing from a stranger that feels like a friend. Like I have to say, and the reason we do this show is really mm-hmm. for for the accolades. No, I'm just kidding. The reason we do the show is really so that the listeners feel like we've always wanted it to be so that people feel less alone. And now we have this little exactly. community. It is community. It's so amazing. I know you've received a ton of your own, but the ones that I've received, I've kind of kept a little secret so I can share them with everyone today sort of for the first time. So it's kind of like this little secret vault of love. Oh boy. I'm a little nervous. (laughs) Um, So I just, I am curious for you, what's been the the most exciting part of connecting with the listeners for you? I think it's, I think it's so interesting because we're, we're kind of goofy and fun, (laughs) Nikki, and people are saying how that makes them feel comfortable. Every, everybody picks something different. Every yes. story touches them in a different way. So today's show, Pegarelli, is all yes. about how much we love our listeners and hearing from them and sharing their experiences. And let me tell you, all of these messages we're going to hear are impressive and they're vulnerable and um, they're brave. willing to get a little brave. Exactly. So today's episode is all about them. I- I'm just excited. Oh, yeah. Okay, this is from Casey. And um, she just warms my heart. And I just want to go ahead and give her a little love because uh, Casey is actually a death doula herself. Oh, yeah. My name is Casey and I am a death doula. And I actually help people die safely and comfortably. Uh, I had a client who I had worked with for several months and she was starting to decline and getting nearer death. And during this time, um, she started hearing some songs in her head, one of which was Little Surfer Girl by the Beach Boys. And we would play it, uh, I would play it on my phone and we would dance to it. And um, she said she loved it and that it was just always playing in the back of her head. Well, fast forward a few weeks down the road and my client eventually died. And after her funeral, I was getting into my car and as soon as I turned on the radio, um, the Beach Boys, Little Surfer Girl came on the radio and I knew it was her. I knew it was her just letting me know that um, that she's still here with me. Oh, oh, we love her. That's beautiful. That song, that Little Surfer Girl, Little Surfer Oh, that's that it. One. I was yeah. trying to think of it. I was trying to think of it. It's like really, nost- it feels nostalgic. It's like yeah. Beach Boy Harmony. It's kind of slow. I love that. I think that that just shows you that spirit uses 
all these things in our world to communicate to us. I know. I mean, do there's no think, accident in that. Do you think as technology gets bigger and better, the universe is like, ooh, we can play with this now. <laughs> yeah, oh, yeah. look at this. Oh, we got this ooh, now. Yeah. yeah. So music is a big one. My dad's favorite song. <laughs> so cute. Remember that Let's Hear It for the Boy song from oh my Footloose? <laughs> Let's hear it for the boy. <laughs> so cute. So I saw Denise Williams perform this song once um, on stage. It was jaw-dropping because she was mm. sitting at the table that I was sitting at and I didn't know she was sitting there. And then I looked in the program and I was like, oh, somebody's performing. Let's hear it for the boy. How wild Somebody. Is that? And it was Denise Williams wow. and she was at my table and I just was like, that's my dad. That's my dad. Oh. But every time my best friend Tara gets into her car, that song comes on. No. with She has sent me photo after photo after photo of, look what's on the radio. And I know that my dad is coming to her so that she and I have something to joke about. But I'm not kidding you. Oh I'll show you on my phone. Gosh. At least 50 times he's Whoa. come to her. Let's hear it for the boy. That's so your, your dad's got connections. <laughs> my dad likes to dance. That's all he likes. <laughs> That's so cute. I love him. So Casey, thank you for that sweet message and for listening to the show and for also doing the work that you do. So our next listener voicemail is from Sweet Jim, who had a very interesting Reiki session. And you do Reiki, ma'am. Do you, um, are you still doing it on the regular at the hospital? Oh yeah. Hmm. The, um, the referrals for Reiki are up like 300%. Oh my gosh. Why do you Mm -hmm. think? Because I think it, it, it's something that you don't have to have like a really religious belief. Mm, right. You just want that connection. And mm. you know, it's hovering your hands on. And when you when you touch someone in these wholesome, loving ways, you're coming in with an intention to bring them peace and healing. And, healing. and they just get to receive. And it's really mystical. Really mist I mean, I had my own real when I got became a master and my master was um giving me a session and like she connected to the ancestors the women that were in, in my family life? from Salem that right? were ninth generation back that were hung as witches because they were spiritual and brilliant and all this stuff. My Reiki wow. master, when she was working on me, connected to them. She said, <gasps> my spirit guide Reiki. is talking to your spirit guides. Ooh. Oh, there's three of them. And I'm like, there are three of them. There was three sisters. And they were witches? And they were... And they were... They, they were, were accused tortured? of being okay. witches. Okay. okay. And she just... She picked up on a whole bunch of stuff and she was talking to me, like talking to them, giving me all these This Reiki messages. shit sounds cool. I've never done Reiki. <laughs> anyway, back to Jim. Back to Jim. <laughs> back so, to Jim. Had a cool Reiki experience. So I love that. So Jim, I love Jim. And we've only mentioned Reiki like twice on all our podcasts, so that's kind of neat that he, know. he got it. Yeah, so he gets it and he uh-huh. went to a session and got more than he bargained for. All right. Hi, my name is Jim Lanahan and I wanted to tell you about a time I saw a ghost. I was receiving a session from my Reiki master in an old farmhouse in upstate New York. During this session, I randomly opened my eyes and I saw my Reiki master working on me. But next to my Reiki master was a young man, maybe in his mid-twenties. And he was almost... In sepia tones. Oh my gosh. Right? Cool. The rest of the room was in vivid color, but he was in sepia tones. And I was not afraid or startled 
it seemed natural. I shut my eyes and I finished the session. At the end, she said, take your time. Come downstairs when you're ready. So I went downstairs into her entryway and I said, do you know that there's a ghost here? And she said, oh, give me one second. She ran over to her stove, grabbed a picture off the back of the stove, and she said, is this the person you saw during your session? And I said, yes, that's him. And she said, that's my grandfather. He used to own this house. Thank you so much for validating that he's still here. Ah. Cool. cool, right? I know. I thought you would love this. And right, cool. Jim, if you're going to get Reiki, get it from a master who's in an old farmhouse in upstate <laughs> exactly. New York. Like, what? <laughs> I want to go there. Because cool? I've had that with patients Then when I do Reiki on them, that they see people. Really? Yeah. Is it like opening up portals or opening it, it up open, energy? Yeah. And it opens up sort of communication and healing. But I've had, I had a woman ready to give birth that saw her... Her dad had just died, and she was so sad. And she saw him super wow. clear. So cool. Ugh. And you're more open. That's I can part see of it. that. You're more open. You're decompressing everything. You're really focused on just the present moment. What so, does Reiki mean? The word? Do we know? Universal life energy. Oh, well, you should know you're a master. <laughs> Yes. You have your master in divinity and your master in Reiki. What else do you? A oh, master martini maker too. Okay, come on, <laughs> let's, get, let's get the priorities in, in order. So this next one is kind of near and dear to my heart, and it's mm. much more than a voice memo. It's a story that I'm kind of unfolding for you. So, okay, my friend, cool. His name is Cool. Cool. How cool is that? Cool. And I hope Cool's story inspires other conversations around the death process. Mm. Um. Uh, so, okay, so back in my TV guide days, remember when I told you about my favorite yes. job ever where like I walked in and like makeup artists and hairstylists and people getting me coffee. Like, well, Cool was one of my makeup artists and oh. he is like a celebrity makeup artist. He's a really big deal. Now he does like real, real makeup on celebs, not people like me. <laughs> oh, stop it. <laughs> and so he made a Facebook post and it caught my attention and I reached out to him because I was so moved. But here's here's what his Facebook post originally said. It's a picture of him and he's, you know, he's super cute, his hat's on backwards, and he's got his, you know, his beard and he's holding um his his makeup brushes. They're all kind of fanned out. Mm. The Facebook post said, Let's go, fam. I'm about to beat mom's face for the gods. Got my favorite brushes. Praying for strength, courage, and may the talent that God gave me flow through every fiber of my body and through my hands. Mm. Pray with me. So he tells the story so much better than me. So uh, I hope you enjoy this, Peggy. And okay. I hope you fall in love with cool as much as well, I Well, I already him. am. Just from right? That. Actually, in his own words, and this is immediately following her celebration of life. So he oh. is in his feelings and in the moment. So here, take a listen. My mom recently passed and... As you know, I'm a celebrity makeup artist, and uh, one of the things that I wanted to, to do for her in passing is to make sure she looked her absolute best on her homecoming. I call it being beat for the gods. Um, so I wanted to beat her face for the gods, because that's where she was going. <laughs> so he do he's doing her makeup. That's so cool, <gasps> right? Like that's that's so old school too, right? Because mm -hmm. that's what it was about when somebody died. 
like my grandparents would say, they'd lay out in the house. Mm-hmm. You know, they'd put them out like yep. in the living room and people would come around, stay awake, wake, yep. and hang out with them. They would be the ones that would take care of them. And I love that. And and it was so hands-on. You know, you were there at the death. You were there and you stayed with them for the days before and you loved them and you picked out their clothes and you, yep. you said, oh, do their hair this way and all that kind of stuff so that he had that gift. Yep. To give her is so beautiful. And it's making me think of um, my grandpa, uh, the Minnesota grandpa, not Papa Kelly, the other grandpa. Mm-hmm. He was really spiffy. And these guys are both spiffy. It was that era, you know? They're kind of, he yeah, was like a farmer. I can see and it. A, yeah. You know, but even though he'd do the little vest and the little trousers and everything, and he had this hair and he'd slick it back and he would. I always shave. He'd sit at his chair in front of the TV watching Wheel of Fortune shaving with his electric <laughs> shaver. And he had a little nose beard. What? He had a nose beard. Oh, like little he fuzzy like, hairs on the know, nose? Yeah, like, and I was always like, I was so in awe because you're so spiffy and everything's perfect. And then you have like six hairs that curled off the end of his nose. <laughs> really and cute. we called it a nose beard. And we didn't say anything because he was grooming himself. You know, he was like his, he was amazing. <laughs> nose beard. <laughs> nose beard. And the funeral home in that small town, um, I dated one of the morticians, by the way. But anyway, what? in that small town, <laughs> yeah. in that small town, they were super hands-on and they knew everyone. Mm-hmm. So we knew that grandpa was going to go to them. And so they got him all ready. He had his vest on and stuff. And we went in to... Mm-hmm. To the wake, because Catholics, three days of seeing the body, right? right? And we go in, and they had plucked his nose no! beard off. <laughs> I was so upset. <laughs> I was so upset. Because I walked up, and I'm like, hmm. You're like, that's the thing that made him... Yeah, they did the makeup, pop, yeah. and not like cool would do. Right. And cool would have done great makeup, I know. But, you know, they did kind of the... Yeah, the chalky sort the, of like... Yeah, and the mortician does it or something. Right. But, yeah, and they plucked his nose beard. I'm sorry. And I'm sorry. That makes me and sad, And I brought too. my mom over, and I'm like, Mom, nose beard. she goes, oh, no. They probably thought they were doing something really they good. They thought it was... Like, oh, we're going to clean him up. You're like, that's our favorite thing about him, his little fuzzy nose. <laughs> So back when I think about cool doing makeup so on his beautiful. mom, like he had never done makeup on a a dead body yeah, before, and I could yeah. even imagine what that was like for him. When I became a makeup artist, you no, know, I always wanted to make my mom feel beautiful, and I always wanted to buy my mom a house. Those were always my like my dreams, and i made both of them happen i bought my mom a house in 2008 and every time she came to me after that you know i did her makeup one of the biggest moments was like (laughs) i got to put lashes on her and uh because she had had chemo previously when she came to visit me in 2010 and um during that time she her tear duct was overactive so we weren't able to get lashes on her for um, the photo shoot which is like now her obituary picture. And uh, she kind of wanted to try lashes, but we couldn't get them on her because she, her eyes were, you know, tearing and watering. And one of the things that I did while doing this makeup was actually put lashes on my mom for the first time. She never wore them in, in life or in the flesh or while she was breathing. So that was one of the most special moments was like 
actually putting lashes on my mom for the first time and the last time. You know, the whole time I was doing her, I could hear her talking to me like, boy, what are you doing? You doing too much. What, are, what? okay, now stop putting all that on my face. Because, you know, my mom, she liked the makeup, but she liked looking glamorous, but she didn't want to look overdone. And she didn't want to look too much. Oh, right? That is like, so beautiful. Like such a tiny gesture that means It means so much, so much though. It Can means so much. <laughs> and I just see her in heaven, just lashes. Something really interesting happened when he was doing her makeup, so. In that moment, I chose this little miniature Ardell lash. It was perfect. I don't know anything about, uh, you know, doing makeup on the not living. So, but I also thought of how special it would be to just have that moment with my mom um, and to share something that we used to share together. But I also knew that I couldn't see her in, you know, in her final resting phase and be like, ooh, what did they do to her? Or what did, you know, somebody else do? This is what she would want. And this is your final gift to her. But I'm like, but she's not going to be breathing. That didn't really matter to me because, like, spending just the moments with my mom, just spending the moments with my mom's body was one of the most um, amazing moments in my life. Just her quiet body, I could, I could, in the silence, there's so much to be heard in silence. Oh, amen. That is absolutely spot on. (laughs) Right? That's what I was thinking when he was talking. That's so beautiful because that's the, that's the, you know, that's the body on loan, right? We're giving these bodies on loan for so long and. That's how he loved and knew her was through that, yeah, her touch and her, you know, everything. So for him to get that time is so precious and so sacred and just him and her like that, just the son and the mom. Yeah. Before I knew it, I I had spent four hours, four hours with her. I could hear her talking to me. I could feel her spirit. I could hear her voice. She was so peaceful and, you know, it's always been so fearful for people to pass on, but um, letting her go and being there in that moment was life-changing. And I wouldn't change it for anything. It was the most memorable moment. One of the most memorable moments I spent with my mom ever, if not the most memorable moment. It's the best thing I've ever done in my entire life. That is so <laughs> great. Isn't he cool? I mean, he's literally. Cool. <laughs> he's literally cool. He's got a great voice, too. Ugh. But to honor her so, and I just feel like there's this, there was like this ritual and slowness yes. and in, and really a beautiful, like, compassionate intention from yes. him. That he did it so perfectly. Yeah, that stillness, right? Like when he said there's so much to be heard in the silence. That's so... 
It's so beautiful and spiritual and it's so true because death, it death stops us. And if you are like cool and you take advantage of that and say, I'm going to, I'm going to really be in this moment, right? And let the silence speak to me. That's, that's beautiful. Mm. And what a great example of that. I know. That is when we hear the most is when we're quiet. Should we be quiet? There's bells going right now from the You hear the bells? Are they the bells? Are they church bells? Yes, they started going right now. Isn't that beautiful? Oh, it's for Cool's mom. It's for Cool's mom. (laughs) She's having some church for her. (laughs) She probably is with her lashes. (laughs) I love it. Oh, so thank you, great cool. story. Thank, thank you, you for cool. being so vulnerable and just opening up your yeah. life to us. And it goes back to those conversations, like talk to people about what they want, talk yeah. to people about what their wishes are and how they want to look, how they want to feel, what they want around them. I mean, these... And get out of your own way. Oh, great advice. He got out of his way. He did. And he was with her. And it was all about her. But in that, he got all that beautiful spiritual blessing from yeah. that that quiet and time with her. Hmm. Hmm. Oh, what a great story. I haven't spoken to Cole in probably five, six, seven years. Wow. And then when I saw that Facebook post, I immediately was like, oh. I need to be there for him. And we have been going back and forth nonstop since then. Oh, isn't so that nice? I think death has a real interesting way of bringing people back into your life. And It does. And I just said to him, I'm here for you. Um, and he said, can you you know, have Reverend Peggy say a little prayer for my mom? And I said, oh, I will do that. So yeah. For sure. I know. And that's Aww. sweet. So this next one, Peggy, is, um, is personal. It's so oh. near and dear to my heart, and I cannot wait for you to hear it. So I can't wait for you to hear this next one. This is my cousin Amy. She hasn't been able to really speak about uh, what she'd gone through in the last three to four years. It's been really hard on her. And she said this show has very much Mm -hmm. helped her kind of process some of this grief. So this is the first time she's ever shared the story with me. And it's on our show. So thank you. Here, let's take a listen. So I lost both of my parents in the fall and early winter of 2020 during the awful pandemic. And after a major surgery that I had, so not only was I recovering from a major surgery, I moved into a season of my life where I lost my father, and four weeks later, I lost my mother. No. Wow. Now, this is my aunt and uncle. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. Like my, like my family, like where I, they were the only house that I like went to on a regular basis and stayed. And my other aunt, like these, these are my family family. And they're in St. Louis. Yeah. My dad died of a massive heart attack and my mom died um, after contracting COVID at his funeral celebration four weeks later. Um, Needless to say, that was an incredibly difficult time in my life. And still to this day, it's something that I struggle with on the daily But there are little things that bring me peace, and one of those things is about three weeks after I lost them, I was preparing um, some holiday gifts for my sister, sitting at my kitchen table, and one of the gifts I got her was something to carry my parents' ashes in. We had both of them cremated, 
and I bought her a beautiful bracelet and bought this little kit with these tiny little tools where you could extract some of the ashes to put them in this beautiful jewelry. I was sitting at my kitchen table and I had an incredibly difficult moment that just hit me like, am I really doing this? Am I really sitting here scooping my parents' ashes into a tiny little vial of jewelry? It was so surreal. It was incredibly difficult. But in that moment, it was probably to this day the hardest that I've cried and the most that I've just had a real release where I felt it in my entire body and soul. And I was just sobbing into the ashes with my head on the table at my kitchen table. And in that moment, I felt two hands on my shoulders as if somebody had come into my house and was standing literally at each of my sides with their hands on my shoulders. So I immediately popped up and I looked over each of my shoulder and there was no one there. I know. And I just knew that that was my parents. One of them was on each side of me. My dad was on my right, my mom was on my left, and they were there. There is no doubt in my mind that they were there. There's no question that that's exactly who it was. And I instantly felt peace and felt that they were with me and that they were telling me that everything is going to be okay. Right. And they were sorry that I had to live this life without them, but they were so proud of me for doing um, such an amazing job with my son and just being a great human being. And I don't think they said those things to me um, in that way. They always were proud of me. They always told me what a great mom that I was, but I heard it in a very different way. When they were standing in my kitchen after their passing, I will always carry that close to my heart and I'm also yearning to feel it again. I've had a few other experiences where they've come to me, but that one was so impactful and so real. And it started my journey of truly believing in the afterlife and knowing that there is a better place for us and knowing that the people that I love the most are with me every day. That is so beautiful. And it's that silence again. She got quiet. Yeah. And she let herself, right? She was doing this thing to get them close to her. And they showed up in that moment for her, you know? And I, I love that she jumped up like, what the heck, you know? And that she, her conviction came. And I think that it, you don't have to be super religious to have that conviction. You know, you can be, you can be someone who doesn't yes. believe in God yes. or anything, and those amazing spirits will come through. You know, and, and that she got to hear what she kind of always wanted to hear. Yeah. You know, she she knew they were proud of her, but for them to be able to show up and tell her that, and I think there's an, a really. Uh, really complicated grief when someone dies tragically and fast. Right. So the heart attack of her totally. dad, super unexpected. And then they're there to try to honor him in a funeral and she gets COVID. It was just rotten. 
you know, those are the times when, like, she got that time to really, really cry when she was working on that bracelet, is that a lot of people say this sudden death happened out of nowhere. And I, it feels like a nightmare, like a dream. I can't, I still can't realize it's real. I can't, right? And I think it's that moment where she was like, I'm really doing this. I'm really putting this in. I'm really realizing that they're dead, that they were free to come and talk to her, you know? Because I think spirit's kind of hanging around like, I want to connect and I want to tell you it's okay. And there's something more and I'm there and I'm safe. But we're in such an understandably, we're in this anger and this question and it's like, it's not real. It's not real. It can't be. And you wake up in that morning and you go, no, they're still here. No. Totally. It's still, this is just crazy. I'm just, ugh. You know, and that's why a lot of people do a lot of sleeping when oh, they're I grieving. Can imagine, yes, they do a the, lot of sleeping because I'm like, they just like, I don't want to be awake in reality. Check out. Yeah, I want something to magically change. I want, you know, I want someone to come in my dreams, and they just all the things that we do, but to be extra kind to yourself and let her have that moment where she really released. Yeah, she was holding on to that, and she released all that, and then they could and come. Then they come in. <gasps> That's a good reminder. That's a good reminder to just release and let it out. Make room for the spirits to come through. <laughs> Make room. Oh, gosh. Because they probably were wanting to comfort oh. her so much. And they, you know, for them to say, we're okay. It's okay. Oh, it it's just awful. like cool. Like the when he, was, when he was there witnessing his mom's dead body, that incredible peace came over him. Right. You know? Yeah. And for her, she's basically doing the same thing by witnessing the dead body. She's witnessing it. The ashes. This is really happening. Yeah. You know, so she, and she got to have that moment that was so enlightening and beautiful. I'm just so, I'm hit right now. Like, yes, she's my cousin, but also she listens to the show and uses it um, in her own healing process. Mm -hmm. And I know that the rest of my family is is doing the same. It's like everybody's got a story and I just love that we're highlighting these beautiful listeners and what they've gone through because we're all in this together. We're, we're all, all going together. Through, yeah. Amy's Amy sharing this gives everyone else permission. Totally. Right? Because oh. you can be super pissed off and hang on and that's fine and not believe because it is like, how are you supposed to like, believe how the fuck did I that? End up here? How am I right. supposed to yeah. COVID was one big thing like that, right? Totally. And, and people are still coming down from it. I know. So be patient and gracious with yourself because it will happen. Okay. That's great advice. Spirit will come. Oh, Peggy. Oh, these, I love Amy. these. These lovely what a human heart. Thank you, Amy, for my cousin Amy. Thank and my, you, it's Amy. my Aunt Cricket and Uncle Wayne. How cute is that? Oh, my Aunt God. Cricket, <laughs> Uncle Wayne. I mean, that wasn't her real name. Her name was Loretta. I just have a vision of them. Like, Did she's you? tiny and yes. he's huge. No, no, no. They were both tiny, okay. Okay, but they're both so tiny. cute. Because Wayne is such like a... Ooh, but his personality Kind of an ass-kicking yeah. name. You know what I mean? I'm Wayne. I'm a kicker. <laughs> oh, God, love him. Anyway, cute. Amy, thank God you for him. sending in. We love you. That's beautiful. So this next voice memo is from hospice nurse Gina, um, who had Gina. her own. She had her own death party experience, right? Let's hear it. Hey Nikki. Hey Peggy. Um, this is Gina Woody, um, hospice nurse. But I wanted to tell you both that I just listened to the death party episode, 
And I wanted to share that I had a, a similar experience to Peggy um, with a patient who who completed um, the right with the right to die medicine as well. He was uh, rather young in his 60s, cancer patient who had been on service with us for almost two years. Um, he had felt really good throughout his um, hospice stay, hadn't needed really much for pain at all, and towards the end started really declining functionally. And when he started declining functionally and started having pain, he decided he wanted to seek out um, the right to die medicine. I just want to point out in Gina's voice memo, there's a, must be a windstorm. Do you hear? It's like yeah, something. I don't know. Is she, is she horse, horseback riding? She's horseback riding. We're, we're just, just, she's out. She's out west. But anyway, the message is here. The message. The is message here. is here. And he did. It was rather hard to do in our rural community, but he got it done. Wow, it's impressive. A little backstory: He um, really didn't get along with any of the nurses that he'd had previously to me. I took over his care about the last year, and we hit it off. Super quirky, super funky. Um, I always had wonderful visits, and I just loved him so much. And um, I know he loved me too. Oh. The last visit I made there um, before the death visit, he and his wife were acting a little weird and the mood in the room was a little bit dark. And finally she said, don't you want to talk to Gina about something? And he said, yeah, let's go in the living room and sit down, which is, which was very abnormal. We always sat at the kitchen table, super um, prim, prim and proper that way. And um, he wanted us to be more comfortable. I kind of felt like I was in trouble and he just looked at me and said, you know, I'm, I'm ready to take the medicine. I'm going to take it next week. And I, I really wanted to ask for your permission today. And I said, my permission, you don't need my permission. You, you can take the medicine whenever it feels right for you. And I'll fully support you, whatever you decide. And he said, Oh, well, thank you. But I just don't want you to feel like you have failed in some way. Mm -hmm. And it gutted me. It's like still the most heartwarming, touching thing that any patient has said to me a decade into being a hospice nurse. Here he is dying from cancer painfully and making this decision to leave his most beloved wife and children um, on his own accord. And He's concerned about whether or not his hospice nurse is going to feel like she failed. And um, I, w I just told him I was so proud of him and I so gave sweet. him permission and I wanted only what he wanted. And um, <laughs> he took the medicine the next week and I attended his death and his wife said, you know, um, it was just so beautiful Gina, it was so beautiful. He mixed it into a big glass of scotch. Oh, right on. <laughs> he drank it down, and about an hour later, he was gone. It was so easy and beautiful. And I was very happy for both of them that they got to have that control. And so, anyway, thank you, Peggy, for what you do. Um, I feel like we're soul sisters, and uh, I'm, I'm just so proud that there are other people like us out there. <laughs> doing this work and loving every minute of it. Oh, how much do we oh, love Gina? Oh, my God. Right? That's beautiful. Mm. 
you guys are soul sisters. As soul sisters. And I think it's so sweet because you can, for this, he didn't get along with all these nurses, right? Right. And she stepped in, met him where he's at. Right. Totally became safe for him. And that he, it's a testimony to her and what she represents. Mm -hmm. She's a nurse. She's a healer. Right. So he was, he was probably like, oh, she's, this is who she is. Her spirit is healing. And I'm choosing this thing. I'm choosing, I'm choosing to die, which is the ultimate healing, by the way. What I believe (laughs) is the ultimate healing. Everything's healed once you're dead. But I think it's like, it's so touching that he would want to talk to her about it and say, is this, you know, I don't want you to feel bad. Oh, Peggy. He was holding that. I know. He wanted to go to the living room instead of the kitchen. It's like your family now. We're going to get out of the kitchen. Come on, Gina. Get in. Get in the family room. (laughs) God love her. Thank you for sending that in, Gina. Thank you, Gina. And next we have Randy, who is loving the show. And she just, her voice, when you hear her, you're instantly going to fall in love with her. (laughs) Hi, Nikki. It's Randy. And congratulations on this amazing show. My best friend, Curtis, um, I knew him my entire life, literally from the time we were babies. Uh, He passed away in October of 2020 due to alcoholism. And um, he was in his mid-40s. A couple months after he passed away, I had a dream that I walked into this room and he was there. He was seated. And I just made a beeline for him across this room and he stayed seated and I was standing in front of him and I just wrapped my arms around him and hugged him and we just hugged the entire time he didn't say anything I didn't say anything we were crying and he didn't say it out loud but in my dream I felt him say Hmm. I know that sounds weird but I like it's like I felt it I felt him say I'm so sorry that I left you. And then I woke up. Now, it's not a visitation like I didn't see a ghost, but that dream felt so real. And I woke up feeling like I'd been with him, you know? So to me, that felt like a visitation in a way. Um... I sure miss him. And I know you know what it's like to lose a dear friend. So I'm sorry that we have that in common. Um, But it's led you to do some amazing work. So thank you for sharing Molly and this podcast. Take care. So honest sweet. and vulnerable and sweet. Like, yeah. when I stop and think about like what this show does, like us talking so openly, giving per- people permission to go to this space and, and yeah. just like it's so connecting and so powerful. And I it's love so it. beautiful. And I, I was listening, and it's scripturally, religiously, dreams are our visitations are real, right? It's the psyche doing all this beautiful work. And a lot of people think that is the way that God and the divine speaks to us. So and it is f- really a visitation. Do you feel like, I feel like there's a difference between when someone shows up in your dream and it's sort of like your brain doing some work, right? It's not really them, but it's right, sort of like, right. And then there's the dreams where you're like, that is them. Like that yes. feels, smells, 
I hear them. I I can tell the difference. I I think um, those are so powerful, and I think that's what Randy was having. And for sure, what a gift! What a gift! Ooh. I know that was great. <sighs> Thank you, Randy. Thank you, Randy. So our next message is from Marie, who is a very lovely fan. I think she's reached out to you. I think and to so. I have a Marie that wrote me. Love her, and she also like gives me a follow up like after each episode, which oh, is my how favorite. Nice. Love. Your message is Marie. Love you. So cool. All right. Here's what she had to say. I'm loving the podcast so much near death with you and Peggy. It's just, it's amazing. Um, so I get visits from my mom a lot. She died on August 23rd, 2016. And she was a huge spirit and a huge soul and a giant pain in my ass sometimes, but, uh, one of the kindest, most loving people I've ever known in my life. And being the youngest of four children, I was definitely her favorite, even though I was an oops baby. But uh, she visits me a lot. And in a dream, uh, last year sometime, it was a Saturday evening, and I'll tell you why that comes into play at the end of the story. I, you know, when you lucid dream and you kind of know you're dreaming, um but you go with it anyway. Well, that happens to me a lot too. It's a gift and a curse. And I thought it was in the morning and I thought I was getting out of bed and I was going into my kitchen of my apartment and my mom was there and she was dressed nicely, nothing fancy, but dressed just as I would have seen her. And I said, oh my gosh, you're here. But I know you you can't be here, but you are. And she said, it's okay. I just wanted to come and say hi. And I hugged her, and I hugged her, and I cried, and I said, please try not to leave this time. But I know you have to. And I could smell her, and I nuzzled into her neck and her shoulder, and I smelled her clothes, and I smelled her hair, and I smelled her perfume. And I had the nicest visit with her. And I just hugged her and cried and cried and cried and I woke up crying. And my boyfriend Mark said to me, are you okay? And I said, I'm fine. I just had a beautiful visit with my mom. And I realized that it was Sunday morning and it was Mother's Day. And I hadn't thought about that. So what a nice visit from mom on Mother's Day. Oh gosh. Thanks again for the great podcast. It's been, oh my gosh, so wonderful. And the one about the dogs, kill me. <laughs> kill me. Yeah. yeah. Wow. Sweet, sweet Marie. That's beautiful. Oh. Yeah, that's incredible. And that lucid dreaming is such a gift. I have that too. I have it all I, where I'm it's, like, I can get up and go, oh, I have to pee. And I go pee and I come back and go, okay, let's start where we were left off. You do? And, oh, yeah. You consciously tell your... I tell my, I tell my psyche to... to Hang on for a sec so I can be <laughs> like a commercial break. So she has that same thing, and it is a blessing and a curse. Marie, we love you. We love you. Oh, so, so she said the uh, dog episode killed her, and mm-hmm. Rachel here is a huge fan of the show and had something to say about oh. that episode. Okay. Hi there. My name is Rachel, and I'm a fan of the Near Death podcast. I just listened to the podcast about dogs while I was walking my dog. And I'm so glad I had sunglasses on because I was tearing up the entire time. Aww. Oh. 
adopted my dog just before I completed grad school. One of my rotations during grad, grad school was in Huntington Beach, and I would go to the off-leash dog part of the beach almost every evening and just watch the dogs because it brought me so much joy. People probably thought I was weird, but I didn't care. Then I completed my final grad school rotation in Salt Lake City, where I found my dog at the shelter. He was the first one to walk out the door with a volunteer, and I knew immediately that he and I were meant for each other. Ten years later, seven moves later, maybe five boyfriends later, and one husband who adores him later, Ridge the dog has been the steady one in my life with his unconditional love. Also, I worked in a nursing home for eight years after grad school, and I brought him there daily, and he brought so much joy to the residents. I was allowed to let him be loose, and he quickly learned a daily routine of checking in on the residents. After that, the residents began to expect his daily greeting, which made them and me so happy. Thank you so much for this podcast, for normalizing talking about death, and for bringing out the beauty of crossing to the other side. Oh, that just makes me feel so good, Rachel. Thank you for the love and thank you for letting us know about your sweet, sweet baby. And I love that her dog would go to the nursing homes because when you are in the hospital or in the nursing homes and you see an animal walk in, instant serotonin, like instant feeling better. Like I look down at Frankie right now and he is seriously, he's asleep, (laughs) but I'm like, I love him. I have so much love in my body right now for that little creature. I know. It makes me so happy and it just reminds you how little we are and how much we don't know. Every time I look at a dog, I'm like, I don't know anything. (laughs) I love them. And that's all. I know nothing. (laughs) They're the wise ones. They are. We're the dum-dums. Frankie, please tell us. He's like, I'm the secrets of the world, Frankie's like, what's he dreaming about? (laughs) Steak. Steak. I'm sorry, organic steak. (laughs) Organic whole foods. Uh, Try to roast. He seriously eats better than I do. God, he's great. Oh my gosh, Peggy, oh, this thank show you, is Rachel. just melting. Yes, thank you, Rachel. It's just melting my heart and reminding me that um, this is the good work, like having these conversations and connecting with people. Like, this is why we do this. This so, is. And so fun for me because I haven't heard any of these. I haven't, no. you know. And you're so busy, I think, doing the work sometimes, Peg, that I'm sure you get the thank you notes and the emails, but you're probably so busy on to the next patient. How often do you get to sit and go, let me just listen to how wonderful I am? God. That's, that's how I feel about you. Let me well, say that. that's weird. It's not, it's not me. <laughs> I just gave you a compliment and you go, well, that's weird. <laughs> you're a weirdo. I am a weirdo. We found each other. Found okay, each this other. is our last voicemail. Okay. It's from Jonathan, and it kind of goes back to the uh, the last request, last wishes, asking for people to do things for you after right. you've died. Um, it cracks me up, and I think you'll understand why. So here okay. you go. <laughs> so let me preface this by saying that I love a good funeral. Always have, always will. Actually, I love a funeral sometimes more than I love a wedding. You know why? Because of the food. The food at a funeral is always a potluck made by good Christian women who have brought together the most random casseroles you can ever imagine and delicious desserts and have flopped them onto a six-foot table in a fellowship hall and made sweet tea. Let me tell you, I'll take a good potluck any day over a surf and turf at a wedding. But what I'm trying to say is that I got asked by, you know what? 
let's no, I didn't get asked. I got told by my dad that I was going to be a pallbearer at my great uncle's funeral. My great uncle had requested that all of the Forsyth men within the family be pallbearers at his funeral. Well, he was a very large man. He was tall. He was big. He was husky. He was heavy. (laughs) So there's eight of us. I'm on the back. Me and my dad are on the very back. And I cannot pick it up. The grave plot is far from where the damn hearse has pulled up. And here we go. I guess it had rained, so the, the, the grass was a little mushy. We are holding the coffin as tight as we possibly can, and it starts slipping out of my hands. And I have tried everything that I can. So my dad and I are literally fighting across from each other in that quiet kind of... Uh, whisper, yelling at each other. <laughs> right? Yes. So he's over there like, you need to pick it up. Pick it up. So I'm yelling across to him, I didn't want to do this anyway. This thing is heavy. Don't you ever volunteer me to do anything like this ever, ever again. Which is what everybody wants at their funerals, a family arguing and being mad yeah. at each other, right? Which happens a lot of the times, <laughs> trust me. So oh here's, my so God. Here's, it's hilarious. Isn't he the great, greatest storyteller? He is. I hate this. It is so heavy. He's like, pick it up, pick it up. So here we are arguing all the way, going over to the grave plot. We finally get there. It's slipping out of my hand still. And flunk, everybody drops it onto the the plot. They have the service. And luckily, all was fine. But I will tell you, lesson learned, I will never, ever ever be a pallbearer again. And this was years ago, and still to this day, I have never been a pallbearer. And I have let all of my friends and my family know that if you would like for me to speak at your funeral, give a eulogy, sing a song, say a funny joke, I will do whatever you need me to do. But do not ever ask me to be a pallbearer at your funeral, because I am not going to pick your ass up in a, in, a, in a coffin and take you out to your final resting place. I don't like it. It makes me uncomfortable, and I've never done it again. <laughs> like that deserves a fantastic. <laughs> I want him to speak at my funeral. <laughs> I love him. He's so funny, and he's. I'm just seeing like a scrawny kid for some reason, and right? like he's really young, and he's yep. just like, "Come on now with this. So, Those things are so heavy. Yes, they are. They're crazy." Oh, <laughs> and I agree. I love a good funeral. Right? I love the food, you know, all the casseroles with the potato chips crumbled oh, on top. Yum. Come on. We did Rice ours with bars. We them party potatoes, although some people call them funeral potatoes, and now I see why, but we call them party <laughs> potatoes, and they were with um, with the uh, the cereal, the, uh, what do you call it? Oh. The, fl- uh, the cornflakes. Cornflakes on you, top. Yeah, and you like <laughs> mush them with butter and salt, and then you put the cornflakes on top and bake. Oh, God, I'm so... Is any... Is there a funeral coming up? Because no, I want some macaroni salad. <laughs> like, there's no sa- It's not salad. It's macaroni with peas and mayonnaise. You're right. What there is, is a salad? No salad. That's so just a little bit of vegetable, a pea. Very tiny. It's not a salad. You're right. It's, it's not, not a salad. salad. Like, we have all these marshmallow salad, macaroni salad. It's Ham a salad. That is definitely not a salad. <laughs> it's not a salad. No. <laughs> Ooh, I love ham. Wait, Peggy, you, do you love ham salad? I love ham salad. Oh my God, I know what I'm going to There it is. There's, I'm going to make you a meal. Martinis and ham salad. <laughs> Let's have Jonathan join us. Yes. Okay, uh, so. What a hoot. 
What did you, so how did you feel about today's episode? That's so fun. It's so light and fun. And these people are incredible. Okay. I love that they're listening. It makes me happy that, and they're also different. I know. You know what I mean? It's just like the rainbow people. It's beautiful. It's inclusive. Everybody's listening and getting some. So and you know what happy. I love is that we're talking about death and we're like, it's so light and fun. But when you let a little of that sadness out and you talk about the grief, it, it makes room for for the laughter and the the silliness. So thank you for going on this journey with us, yes. everybody. Thank you for your messages. We hear and listen to all of them. If we didn't get to them in today's episode, we will use them in the future. But we right. hear you, we love you, love and we you. appreciate the support. Thank you. That's so awesome. So I think we should have a... Uh, oh, I'm ready. A martini After with some ham, ham salad. salad. <laughs> I, need some, I need some gin to wash down that ham salad. All right, I'm going to make you the best martini. Oh, you I do. You've shown me. Chicka, chicka, chicka. Like, I know you all the tricks Look at you. Now. You're like your whole body. My whole body. Going, you're so This funny. is my cardio. Your whole 100 pounds, Nikki. <laughs> <laughs> Ooh, it's ice cold. Oh, good. I love that. Ice crystals. It should have crystals floating. Ooh. And Ooh. you know, now when I go to a bar, I order a gin drink because of you. You too? Yep. Oh... I love it. Love it. Love it, love it, love it. I'm going to put a few ice cubes in mine because it's extra hot today. Okay. Look at how pretty those glasses are, by the way. I love those. Okay. They're so throwback. They're kind of like uh, 1940s or something, which I love. I know, right? Oh, wait. We have to cheers. We're so far <gasps> from each other. Your mic is so far. Here, I come know. to me. Here. Yay. Toast. What do you want to toast to? You make the toast. Oh, let's toast all of them. You're going to say to olive juice. <laughs> olive juice. Remember that in grade school? Olive, olive juice. juice. I didn't say like, I love you. I said <laughs> olive juice. But that's what we're saying to our listeners is we olive, olive juice. juice. <laughs> olive juice. But we mean it. We do really mean it. <laughs> All right. <sighs> oh, good job. delicious. We just love you, listeners. Thanks Aww. for being on this journey with us. Thank you, all of them. I want to say every name, but I can't remember everybody's name right now. But they're all wonderful. All right. Thanks, Peg. Thanks, Nick. Bye. Bye. Hey, we super appreciate you listening today. We do. And if you happen to have a story or you want to share your thoughts, just shoot me a DM at Nikki Boyer on Instagram. And if you like our show, give us a rating and a review. It really helps other people find our show. And follow us wherever you get your podcasts. By the way, Near Death has bonus content where we get a little more personal at our martini after party. So join us. For that bonus content, subscribe to Lemonada Premium and Apple Podcasts. In addition to all of the content you'll get from our show, you can also unlock an array of bonus content from all the other Lemonada shows. Check out the free trial of Lemonada Premium today in the Apple Podcast app by clicking on the little lemon logo in the middle of the screen. Near Death is a Dying for Media production. New episodes drop every Wednesday. The show is hosted by Reverend Peggy and me, Nikki Boyer. Producer is Katie Amanda Keene. Tommy Fields is head of audio for Dying for Media. Nikki Boyer and Kevin Sabi are executive producers for Dying for Media. Executive producer is Reverend Peggy. Ad sales and distribution by Lemonada Media. And for more information on today's episode, make sure to check out our show notes. And thanks again for hanging out with us today. We appreciate you. See you next time.